Welcome to The Future is Female Powerlifting, a show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, my beautiful friends? Oh, I tricked you right there, huh? You thought I was going to say aloha. Well, I didn't. I didn't this time. I said, what's up? I was just feeling the what's up today. (laughs) And on this episode of episode number 25, people, 25, we're in the summer. It is hot as shit out here. I don't know if y'all live in the South. I do. And it is hot, 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 hot. And to bring on um, this hot weather, I have a fellow Alabamian, 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 forgive me, my Alabama friends, I am still learning the ways, a fellow Birmingham, Alabama homie, who now is a homie, uh, Miss Christina Myers for episode number 25. I had uh, a blast talking with this lady and, you know, um, next time we do this, we're going to be very close. I think I'm just going to drive down to see her. And we're going to do it in person because she's got like a great setup for a podcast. Her boyfriend does um, just started doing a podcast. So he had the I mean, his setup to me is better, better than mine. (laughs) It looked fantastic. It sounded great. And we're able to get a really, really great show for you guys. Um, And what I love most about Christina is she has been a force to be reckoned with. Let me tell you that my first memory of her was judging at the ultimate warrior, which is actually coming up here in August. And I remember turning aside and seeing her handle somebody I knew, Joe, Joe Williams. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that's a really cute fanny pack. (laughs) And she had, you know, just like a cute setup for a handler. And I, I remember later on thinking, wow, I don't often see a lot of handlers. We're women for men. You know, and and that's just the truth. You don't often see a lot of that. And um, it just, it was a memory that I had in the moment. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And later on down the line, I started hearing Christina's name all the time. So Christina is a meet director out here in Alabama. And she puts on all the USAPL meets. Um, She puts on phenomenal meets. Let me tell you that she is very well known in this area for having uh, well-organized meets, as well as a great turnout. She's just got her shit together, um, which is awesome because, you know, somebody who organizes a good meet is going to have people who are going to have a good time. If you've ever been to a meet that was, you know, disorganized, it can be very fucked up and it can ruin your time. So um, Chris, that is just one of the many things that Christina does. She is also a gymnastics coach and she's been in gymnastics for many, many years since preschool. And, um, you know, she really kind of talks to us how she got into powerlifting and now is a coach for powerlifting, hosting meets as a meet director. I mean, she took it and ran with it and is in love with the sport. And I think that she comes from a different perspective, you know, um, similar in that all of us felt a lot of strength with powerlifting. You know, I think strength training in itself helps us feel stronger, you know, in a, in sometimes when we don't feel strong and, um, Christina shares her own story of why she fell in love with powerlifting. And 
Um, it, it was a beautiful story uh, that I think we could all find similarities in. One of the things that Christina does that I love is that she holds a seminar for anybody attending one of the meets. And it's fantastic because, you know, imagine you're a new powerlifter, brand new to the sport. You have no idea what's going on. You've only watched videos. And now the meet director is going to show, um, is going to hold a free, you know, seminar kind of telling you the basics of what to expect during competition, um, maybe how to do attempt selections. And this year she was, uh, she held it with Les Keys, who was another amazing coach out in this area in Birmingham. He lifts out of CrossFit, Irondale, um, Diamond K, powerlifting. And so she's a big shout out to Les and Maddie and all the crew out in Birmingham. These guys are a force to be reckoned with. Maddie herself is his girlfriend, and um, she is amazingly strong. Uh, these people are just crazy, crazy strong. I don't know what they put out <laughs> in the water down there, but Les got some stuff going on. And it's awesome because Christina got to team up with Les this year, and they, you know, helped put this um, this um, seminar together. And it's just one of the many things that she does that I feel is really separating herself and trying to help push the sport um, for the new beginner powerlifters. And you know that this episode is brought to you by my gym, Core Strength and Performance out in Huntsville, Alabama, where we live a little stronger. And we are offering powerlifting right now. Our online is not going to be on for another week or so, but we are offering an online, um, I'm sorry, an in-person class. So if you're interested, hit me up, go to core256.com or find us on Instagram at coresandp. And yes, thank you again to all of you who share and screenshot and post. I mean, so many of you have um, just done more and more postings where you're sharing uh, the podcast. And I got to thank you from the bottom of my heart because, you know, I, I'm still shocked every time I get a, a message and I'd love to be able to connect with you and see what you're doing on your page. I like to, you know, you know, scroll through. I see pictures of families of you lifting. Um, and that really gives me a lot of fire in my stomach to kind of keep going. So thank you again and keep, keep sharing, keep reposting. Um, that is a way we're going to grow. And if you have a minute and you haven't done so already, please leave us a, a review on iTunes, a five-star review or a written review. Um, that is the best way that we can get the podcast out to reach more people and, you know, get more guests on here. Now let's get into it with Christina. But yeah, dude, how's everything going? What were you up to today? Uh, not a whole lot. So Fridays are my short day. Oh, okay. Nice. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, I get done at like 11 most days. Okay. It's fantastic. Wow, that is great. And so it, yes. do you do a lot of gym, like uh, gymnastics coaching during the week as well? Yeah. So Monday through Thursday, we have practice every single day. Oh, and Friday we don't. So that's why I get off so early. So okay, I so do my, um, your main, your main job is gymnastics coaching then. It's really not. I coach 20 hours a week. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, that would be like awesome for me. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of time frame for me is like, I like a part-time job <laughs> and my job is technically part-time, but I wish it was like less so I could have more time with other things, you know, and be funner that way I guess you could say funner more fun whatever <laughs> I wasn't judging <laughs> yeah I, and I usually don't I don't even correct myself now I'm like eh, I'm too old I don't care <laughs> do, so do you train people at, at the gym as well or is it mostly online 
Yeah. So I do a couple of, um, in-person clients. I don't really advertise that I do that, but yeah, like, I notice that I'll pick people up sometimes. Okay. Um, I think I have like six, maybe most of them have been with me for years. That's awesome. And then, um, mostly it's online. I yeah. teach a class for old people. Oh, I like that. Is yeah. it, <laughs> sil- is it silver sneakers? It's silver sneakers. Yeah. I was like, I wonder <laughs> if I could take silver sneakers and make it like the golden fit or something <laughs> like a little bit more, you know, less silver sneakers, you know, I, I like the program. I just wish I could do like, like change it a tiny bit, but it, then it wouldn't be silver sneakers. I don't actually teach the silver sneakers class. I like got certified in it, hated it. Oh, really? So, yeah. So it's the silver sneakers program at Gold's. So they get to come for free. But I named it Fit for Life. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. That, yeah, there exactly. <laughs> I think it's like you, I think it would be like a travesty, you know, if you stuck to the program that they have, because I, w- I used to watch what they do. And I'm like, man, they don't even, they don't do enough. You know, I know it's fun and things like that, but they definitely do not do enough for these people. Like they should no. be doing more. Um, why didn't you like it? I, I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> The same reason. Yeah. Um, it, there's so many limitations, like nothing over your head. Yeah. Nothing where you could possibly get off balance. And I was like, well, how do we keep them from falling if we don't let yeah. them like oh my gosh. get better at balancing? Yeah. That's so <laughs> crazy. I mean, we have our um, patients at the at our clinic um, box, so they have to walk and box. Awesome. And uh, it mm-hmm. is the cutest thing when you see like an 84-year-old woman with like white hair and her little her little outfit on and she's like, I'm gonna punch you and, and she's, it's just the cutest thing, you know, and um, but it's exactly for that is to really challenge their, um, their balance and, and the way that their body will react. And I think that's, that's so important. But I'm, I'm so excited for this. And um, I'm just gonna throw some things at you too, by the way. Okay. <laughs> um, because we, I had, uh, you know, dropped that golden mic um, uh, last week. And it was a Q&A. And I, I was like, I like to do a Q&A with our guests. Um, but normally I tell them beforehand. So for all of you listening, she doesn't have any idea. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. But I think it's right up her alley and, and you're a fabulous coach and I don't think it should be a problem whatsoever. But, um, I guess I wanted to get started by like, how did you even get into powerlifting? Cause you've been in gymnastics for, a, since you were a child, right? Mm-hmm. I started when I was um, in preschool. Wow. That's awesome. So, so yeah. what made you travel towards, uh, towards powerlifting? So I, there's a whole long story behind this, but it boils down to, I started grad school, hated the program I was in, left that, had to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life really quickly. Wow. And so I started personal training. Um, and so then I just kind of like dabbled in different things as I was trying to figure out what I liked, started lifting a little bit. But I was like terrified of deadlifts at that point. I'd never done one from the ground. I'd done like RDLs and I would do those all day. I like squats. I would like bench a little. Um, Instagram, Leanna Carr. Yeah. You know, she she is the person that I was following that I was like, I want to do that. Yes. And she was so so badass. Like, especially when she came out, like, I felt like she's beautiful. She was funny. And then she was just like this amazing powerlifter and then got into bodybuilding and, and did all that. I, I remember being very inspired by her. Yeah. So I was already, um, I'd done one bikini competition and I wanted to like keep doing that. And then 
So she did figure, um, Mm -hmm. which I eventually moved to figure, but watching her was kind of how I got started. And I was like, all right, I want to do that. Let me hire her coach. And so that's how I got my coach as well. Who was, who was, uh, who was her coach? Brian Miner. He lives in Colorado. Okay. I was, yeah, I I remember she was part of uh, Vivo Nutrition and all of them. I'm not sure at what time frame or when she was training with who, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, that's cool. Okay, so then you got you hired your first coach, and so what was that like starting powerlifting and looking at this program, and then how did you go about teaching yourself? So Matt, my boyfriend, I actually right before we started dating, we worked together, but we were not together yet. And I said, "You know how to do powerlifting stuff." Like I watched him train, and I was like, "Can you please teach me to deadlift?" I just told him that one day in the yeah. middle of work, and so he did. And that's actually kind of how we started dating too. No so that's way. like Aww. a funny story. <laughs> so um, he taught me to deadlift. Two weeks later, I hired Brian. Um, and so he kind of eased me into everything. Like he kind of knew like, okay, you can squat, but you're not squatting to depth. I mean, you know, you're a little above. Your bench is kind of awful. <laughs> and you're brand new to deadlifting. So he started me off pretty easy and kind of like got me in nice and slow. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Yeah, I think the first time I um, deadlifted, it was on some program I had from bodybuilding.com. And <laughs> I did not have any clue. Like, I had already had a membership to the gym, which I was not going to. And my husband and I moved to a complex that had a, a small gym. And I remember deadlifting from an easy bar because I had, oh my gosh. I had they, didn't, they didn't have straight bars for one because it's like a, you know, like a, a gym for a facility, you know, like where everybody lives. Yeah. And then I was like, here we go. Here's a bar. <laughs> and I think I started with fives. You know how low to the ground you are. And it just everything was awful. And I remember, like, I wish I had a picture of it. Like, me with my bar. <laughs> you know, like, so then I can look back and be like, see, humble beginnings. <laughs> yes. Very, very yes. humble. <laughs> so you started, how long were you with him for? I still work with Brian. Oh, that's so awesome. it's been, like, going on five years, I think. Wow, that's awesome. Year. Okay, so... How did you get down this route? Because you are a meat director. Like you took it and you ran with it. How did you get into it like as a professional pretty much and making this a business for yourself? So I um, went to college for sports medicine and nutrition. So I kind of have always been in the field. Right. I just transitioned out of personal training because general fitness is not my thing and right. into strength coaching more. Nice. So that's what my master's that I'm working on now is in. Um, but basically is the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to like teach other women to do what I was doing because there wasn't anyone doing it yet. It was so small for female powerlifters at the time. Um, I always say I got into powerlifting the year before it exploded, female powerlifting exploded. So totally like when I was doing um, it, it wasn't even like, uh, there was only a few people when I was doing it and I mean, it was just like that was yeah. it. There was a, like yeah. a one hitter quitter thing. Like, oh, okay, we're done. And that was it. But yeah, nothing, nothing more than that. My first couple of meets, I think it would be like me and one other girl. And the other girl, I would never see her again. It'd be like someone who was doing their first meet too, but then they would never come back. Yep. So um, the more I got into that, the more I started getting people asking me, like, can you teach me? I want to do it. Like, I want to try powerlifting. So that's kind of how I eased into coaching. And then once I felt like I really knew what I was doing, because at first I was like, how am I supposed to teach you? I'm brand new to this. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, then I kind of ran with it. So that's when I kind of really got into 
learning more about it, getting more media experience, coaching, um, competing, doing all that good stuff. And then Josh Rohr, who is a USA powerlifting meet director in Georgia. He's in the Atlanta area. He okay. actually directed 2016 Raw Nationals. Oh, nice. Over there in Atlanta. Yeah. He is the person who used to run the meets in Alabama. Oh. So like one. The one USA powerlifting. Yes. Heavier. Okay. So Nicole had told me that, that they thought that they were like, I'm pretty sure she does them all now because he used to do them before. And they're like, I don't know if he does them all anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure he just sticks to his area or whatever. So, okay. So he used mm -hmm. to do them all. Yeah. So That's he crazy. asked me for a year. He begged me for a year. He said, will you please, you know, run a meet? I think you'd be really good at it. And I was like, I've been lifting for like a year. I don't, I can't run a meet. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so after about a year of him asking, I finally agreed. I was like, all right, I'll try it. So that was the very first year we had Iron City in 2017. Um, and he showed up to that meet because I rented his equipment because we didn't have any of the stuff we needed. Right. So I rented it from him. And he goes, uh, so how are you feeling? And I was like, a little stressed out. He's like, well, that's how you're going to feel for the rest of you know, me directing career. <laughs> I'm never running another one in Alabama. Like that's how it, it, he just like threw it at me and was like, good luck. <laughs> So. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, okay, <laughs> well, that's awesome I mean, he though. Totally, yeah. He totally helped me like answered questions and everything, but he basically just showed yeah. up and was like, you're on your own. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking over. <laughs> but you know what? I always think that, um, the people that run good events don't necessarily have to be experienced participants or in this case, an ex experienced athlete, right? Like, so you're not like a seasoned, seasoned athlete. Um, but I run, I run like a dance competition in California. And I, I used to dance for many years. I don't dance anymore. But people miss the fact that you got to be organized. You have to be able to work with people and get volunteers. You have to be able to talk to people to get sponsorships. I mean, there's so much planning that goes in that is something that I think you know, it sounds like with your experience, you have it. I mean, you, your shit's always together. Let me tell you that because that's a Nicole, <laughs> everybody who's a USAPL person in this area of mine, they all say that, you know, like you run really great meets. That's why people still come. Oh, um, yes. I mean, they love it. And they, you know, I think what people um, um, appreciate is a organized, well-ran meet that's on time, that has everything they say they're going to have, you know, like shit happens sometimes, but they're not being, um, they're not surprised, generally speaking, with things. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I, I, that is definitely a consensus when people are talking about your meat. So that's so crazy. Just kind of put you Aww. in there. That's so yes. nuts. <laughs> and I'm such a like anxious, over preparing person that before that first meet, I was like, every little question I could ask him, he was probably like, I'm going to block your phone number because I was like <laughs> asking him this nitpicky stuff. And he was probably like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> but one of the things that was really important to me when I got into meat directing was like, I knew as a competitor, what I wanted from a meat, um, things that like, maybe I wasn't seeing, but I was like, man, it would be really cool if they had this or they did this for us. And so that's been something that I've been trying to do as I direct more meat, just like keep doing more of the things that I wish I had gotten in my first couple of meets. Yeah, so. I think that's like a big thing when I was talking to Leo, who is um, part of the USPA. Um, that was one of her biggest, um, you know, biggest info to give people was like the, the tip was just imagine that you're in their place. You know, you might not be competing mm -hmm. right now, but what would 
um, make the experience better? What would make them have a really good time, a good time and some, you know, all this kind of stuff. So um, I thought that that's one of the things that sometimes you lose sight in because you're planning so much and you're so worried about all that other stuff that, you know, about it running on well and you, you forget about the experience that sometimes that can mm -hmm. be elevated in that event. So that's awesome. I mean, I feel like you get that. You give a seminar post, um, post, you know, meet. How, how did you, what made you come up with that? Because you do it with less, right? Yeah. So less helped me out this year. That's the first year that we've done it together. The last two years I did it on my own. Um, but I also just kind of got to really know less this year. So oh, okay. it made sense that he would, we would kind of do that together and do it at their gym because it was like the perfect place to be able to show them yeah. like, this is what a combo rack looks like. This yeah. is what you're going to lift on. Yeah. Um, so you had a lot of new people. Types of belts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, so we're talking about the gym that Les Keys, who is uh, a friend of ours, wonderful coach. Uh, he's out in Birmingham. Um, he lives at the um, it's Diamond K Powerlifting, but it's CrossFit. What is it? Cross Irondale. Irondale. CrossFit yeah, Irondale. CrossFit Irondale. And let me tell you that this gym is laced. Like it has yeah. all the goodies. Like, and they just had a competition, a deadlift competition. Um, or a deadlift party, the right? Party, the yeah. party. And um, they got sponsored by with bars. So they got bars from, mm -hmm. it was not Ohio bars. Who did they get? Not a Lego. Uh, Texas Power Bars. Texas Power Bars. They just sent yep. them some fucking bars. So that everybody, <laughs> I mean, like, that's so awesome. So just to, you know, they have the option. Um, and I think that is awesome that they can walk around and actually see, like you say, all these different, tools, different, di different equipment that they could be on. Um, so you do have a lot of beginners then, right? You mm -hmm. have that? Okay. We have so many new lifters right now. Wow. That's awesome. So what is the feedback when you have this kind of seminar? We get a lot of questions that are just, you know, what am I allowed to wear? Mm. We always go over the rules, the commands, kind of the basic stuff that you like have to know on your first meet day. Yep. Um, we'll do a little bit of a temp selection, but it's more like how to pick an opener, how big your jump should be in between attempts because that's something a lot of new people don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know how to choose their next jump. So yeah. we that's cover awesome. a lot of the like 101 stuff. Yeah. The seminar. I think that's great. And so you have that before, before the meet, right? It's two weeks before two weeks before. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I think that's fantastic. I would love to have uh, done something like that. I think my first time, my first time was a really shitty meet, but after that, I think um, that would have been cool. I, I was lucky enough to have some people who were judges, um, but they they were new judges too, so they didn't know you know everything. Um, we were mm -hmm. both kind of started at the same time, and they got into judging right away. Um, but yeah, I I would have loved to have something like that, and I I can imagine that um, Les would enjoy that too. I guess he gets to meet a lot of people and, yes. and that and people who probably need coaching, <laughs> handing out cards. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's to me, that's a benefit, you know, like, yeah, you're going to help people, but yeah, you, you, you can help them in your business as well. You know, and I think more people need to opt for coaching that probably don't, don't do it. Right. <laughs> yes. Everyone needs a coach. I have a coach. I've been lifting for five years and competing for five years. And I think I've been officially coaching powerlifting for like three and a half. Nice. And I would never fire my coach. Right. I mean, even if for some reason, Brian quits coaching, I'm going to hire a new coach, but yeah, he's it, fantastic. So yeah, I think that it was, so why, why do you feel that way? I like to hear other people's opinions. Cause I have my opinions why I would be the same way. 
there's a lot of reasons. Um, one of them is you never know everything. Uh, like there's always more, so much all the time um, about powerlifting. And it's, I've said, I've been coaching for three years. I've been competing for almost five and I constantly am learning something new. So that's one reason. Another reason is it's hard to be objective about yourself else who can be objective for you, I think, and kind of like keep things in perspective. I'm really hard on myself. And like Brian sometimes can just be like, what is your deal? Like, relax. <laughs> You're still making progress. You're fine. We're on the right track. Right, right. You know, kind of like reel me back in and be like, You're doing everything you should be doing. And then it's just less stressful. Um, I'm so glad that I am not trying to program for myself and for all of my athletes yeah. and do everything else. It's just nice to be able to walk into the gym, do what's on my program, go home. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's the number one thing for me um, is not thinking about it because I won't think about it till I step in the gym. You know, it's not like I wrote something out for myself. I, I'm at that point. I think I've been training so long where I just I, I rely on the wing. It, I'm like, well, I did back yesterday. I'm, you know, like I I really don't even put that own that time into myself to program something for myself. So if I'm doing it, um, it is 100 percent not going to be better than doing it, you know, than my coach would do it for me. And, yeah, I like the process and not having to think about it. And they're honest. So there's a lot of times where I I fuck up on a lot of stuff and things don't look right. And um they they call me out on it, you know, like hey, you need to put that under that or oh <laughs> I love that, you know, that you're getting into all these meets. What's coming up for you as a director? Are you planning on doing other things? I feel like you're on this like awesome trajectory of trying new things out and, and coaching. So what is what is in the works for you? We've got two meets already on the schedule for the rest of the year. We've got one in two weeks, the the last weekend in June. And we're going to a new City. We're going to be in Gardendale, which we have not been there. USA Powerlifting hasn't. Um, and then we have another one. We did it last year, so we're repeating the meet from December. It's called Kilos on the Coos, and we're working on – it's not official yet. We're trying to do a collegiate-only meet. There's a university powerlifting club that contacted me and wants to do that. So hopefully oh. we get that worked out for this fall. That's what our plan is for that one, too. Oh, my gosh. That is so awesome. That would be fantastic to have because we don't really have, to me, a lot going on in Alabama for USAPL. Like, you could definitely, like, have a lot more meets, a lot more, <laughs> not that you want it. <laughs> I'm not sure what your plans are, but <laughs> that's fantastic that you're going to be doing, like, a collegiate one because I think that there is, like, so much possibility out here, especially with the college scene in Alabama. Like, that's got to be yes. huge. Yeah, so... um Auburn already has a pretty big club powerlifting team. Alabama has one. It's I haven't been able to get um, as much like contact with them mm -hmm. as I have with Auburn. Auburn, I've gotten to know pretty well the people that are in the club. So that's been pretty cool. And I know UAB has been trying to start one. So a lot of the schools are working on getting something together. Well, which is really shoot, neat. I would love to be a part of one here at yeah, um, UAB here. Like I, I know there's a, a few students that come um, on our free powerlifting Saturdays. Um, but yeah, I would totally love to be a part of that. Like that would be so awesome. I should I don't even I haven't like even approached that. But um, so that's cool. I mean, so and yeah. are they with these programs? Is it something that is all ran by students? Or is there is that like a program within the school? It's usually a club sport or a club um, through the university. Mm. So they, depending on the university, they may run it one of a couple of ways, but, mm. um, I know Auburn 
it's a it's a club. So it's an official club with the university, right. which is pretty neat. Yeah, I was like, man, I wish I had that kind of club. Like now they have that right. at, my, at my old school. They do, and um, they have they even have a personal training program at my old college. I was surprised. Like you can get a degree yes. in personal training. However, a lot of those people. I don't see them as personal trainers. <laughs> so like, well, like any other degree, I guess you get from school. What is it like 65% right. don't even pursue the field that they, uh, they have their degree in or something. It's something like really kind of, <laughs> um, so right now you're accepting new clients. I am. Yes. Okay. And, and so what is, can you tell me a little bit about how you coach and what you offer for your clients? Yeah. So I have a couple of different packages. One of my biggest things, um, kind of in my mission statement was to, to say specifically empower women to find their strength or find your strength, but I've changed it and just said more people because I started getting more, um, because I'm all about female. Uh, it's really pretty cool when a, a guy will come and like, be like, Hey, I want you to be my coach because yeah. It's hard as a female, like a small female yep. getting into strength and conditioning coaching. People tend to just kind of look at you and be like, you're a tiny human. What are you going to do for me? Yeah. Um, so, so having some guys come down was, has been super fun. Um, but basically it starts with anything. Like I have a free programmers actually it's on my website. So there's one that's totally free. There's an intermediate version that I think is like 25 bucks. Just, you know, you pay a little bit, but it's still, it's 12 weeks long. It's a pretty good deal for that. And then I also do a package where you can purchase a 12 week program for me that I actually designed for you. Mm, I like that. So it's not the same as coaching. Like you can, I don't actually like look at your videos and coach you, but it's cheaper. So maybe a college student or somebody who cannot afford full out coaching can still get something that's custom for them. Like I can talk with them ahead of time and see like where they are, what they're lifting history background is right um and then design that totally for that's awesome because them. that that yeah that's I think, an option yeah and then i have like my true one-on-one -on -one coaching yeah so that is it's weekly check-ins um it's lifting video critiques or in person if you're here um i update the program weekly i mean i still write it out in training blocks based on the goals for the year so like if i have somebody like nicole since you know her and we know she wants to go to nationals next year. So we've got to qualify this year. Um, so we've kind of got the whole year already planned out all the way into next year. And then I'll just kind of adjust it as needed to fit the current place that we're at with training. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's fantastic. Yeah. She's, she's enjoying it. And we were training together and she was like, Oh, these front squats and all oh, this. And, you know, it's, and it's funny because she's like, <laughs> she in, loves it, you know, loves it, but it's like, you know, we love, we love the challenge and uh she was so i mean to me to see her face she just lit up knowing her lifts were going up you know like i think she felt discouraged from her yeah. last meet and felt like she was at a standstill and um she just you know wasn't getting to where she wanted to be and this improvement was like shocking to her. So watching her like hit the squat and it was like moving and moving faster, faster. She was like, mm -hmm. fuck yeah. Like I could see it in her face. So it was definitely like um, a great experience that she had already started having with you. Um, and I also with Joe, you know, like I remember you handling yeah. Joe, speaking of men coming to you, you know, Joe um, 
another fantastic lifter. He comes in, he lifts with us on Saturday sometimes, you know, so you, you see his videos in. Um, and mm -hmm. I remember you handling him at one of the meets. Is it Iron City? No, it wasn't Iron City. It was one of the one, one at Iron City last year. Yeah. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, I remember. I remember because you had a cute little fanny pack, and I was like, "Oh, that's cute." <laughs> you and Les had a cute fanny pack. I was like, "Me and fanny packs, we're yes. friends." <laughs> yes, I mean, besides outside, I I carry a fanny pack all the time. Out, and I'm literally in like four inch heels, a dress, and a light like a nice jacket, and I have a fanny pack on my on my shoulder, and <laughs> <laughs> not wearing around my waist, but I have it on my shoulder, um, because it's too big. And you know, the, we were talking about that, but um, that's yeah. That Joe is definitely um somebody who you know, loves it. I was like, so why do you like Christina? He's like, she's great. You know, he's like, and I don't have to think about anything. Like just, yes, I get to just, and I, that's the feeling that I talk about, you know, and you talk about um, just having that relaxation, knowing that somebody else is taking you and training with you. I mean, you know, calling out your weaknesses yes. and really putting out something for you. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So I wanted to ask you some Q and a, you ready? Yes. Okay. So you, okay. We already, Okay, so this one you kind of answered, but it said, uh, this is from Sweet D Nice underscore. Um, and it said, what made you fall in love with powerlifting? So I guess maybe you didn't say exactly how you fell in love with powerlifting, but what made you fall in love with powerlifting? So we talked about high end gymnastics all growing up. And I actually had a pretty, um, I had a stress fracture in my um, L4 l5 vertebrae yes wow from tumbling or from gymnastics yeah okay. so that was when i was like competing all the time um at level nine so that, that sounds was... intense what does level nine mean level nine um let's see so the girls that compete at the olympics are elite level mm -hmm. they had to qualify into the elite level mm -hmm. level nine is two levels below that so some smaller colleges will pull level nines for their college teams Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So you're up there. Especially yeah, very like competitive. the division two schools and that kind of thing. So, right, right. Okay. So you're super competitive at this point. So, yeah. So that was not what I wanted at all. Um, but trying to come back from that with the amount of time that I had left, um, was just kind of sad. Uh, yeah. I didn't really want to put in all that time just to graduate high school and, you know, be done with gymnastics anyway. So I ran track my senior year of high school. I was just like, why not? You know, I'm pretty good at running from yeah. all these years of gymnastics. Right. And they immediately were like, okay, you're a pretty good runner, but like you can jump. So I started high jumping in high school, my senior year, and that's a spring sport. So I didn't get recruited or anything, but I already knew I was going to Stanford. And so I was like, Hey coach, you need to walk on. So I ran track in college. No, that's so crazy. Yes. <laughs> that is so um, crazy with one year of track yeah. experience. Yes. So they didn't have a high jumper. I kind of got lucky. They were in the middle of a coaching transition at the time and they didn't have anyone that they had recruited for high jump because they went with the old coach or something like that. Mm. And so he was like, perfect. Yes, we got a spot for you. So that was my first experience with any kind of like barbell, anything, uh, was the first day of weights for college track. Right. And I walked in like a little newborn deer, like no clue <laughs> what the heck was going on yeah. in that room. Yeah. And it was so intimidating. So yeah. I remembered that feeling 
and feeling like I was so terrible at it at first because I'd always been athletic. You know, I'd done gymnastics forever mm-hmm. and I was pretty strong in gymnastics stuff. I could do like 40 pull-ups, you know, but I could not bench press an empty bar. Wow. Yeah. So the first day I was like totally defeated. Right. Um, That's what I would be thinking. By that. Yeah. So that kind of stuck with me. Like I was never super comfortable um, lifting because all the other people with me had been lifting like all through high school. So they like knew what they were doing. They were right. pretty strong. And I was like, well, I'm pretty bad at this. Right. Wow. So I, yeah, I got away from it, but it never like left me. I was always in the back of my head. I was like, man, I really hate that. I wasn't good at that. Um, so then when I ended up working in a gym, it kind of naturally came that I was like, all right, the stuff that I was really terrible at, let me see if I can get better at it. Wow. That's and that great. was kind of the beginning of me getting into powerlifting. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's a growth mindset, you know, cause most people yes. would be like, fuck that. Like j- they would write that off and just be like, I'm just not good for that. That's not, it's easy to say that like, oh, I was bad at that. That's, I'm, it's wrong. It's not good for my body. I'm not the right body shape or whatever excuses we yes. come up with to avoid <laughs> doing the things that are hard. So, so you started doing that and then and then that's when you started looking at Leanna Carr and that started going into that mm-hmm. route. And that's when you started falling in love with, with powerlifting. Yep. I was like, I like feeling strong. Like that's just super appealing to me. And so, especially after having felt so like physically weak mm-hmm. in that period and yeah. starting college is already like mentally a challenge, Oh yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, being away totally. from home and doing all that stuff for the first time. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I think that, for me, I felt very empowered. So it did start off with the easy bar with five pound weights on the side at my yeah. home gym. Um, and I think that I can't remember besides uh, Marissa Inda, um, you know, Marissa was one of the few people on YouTube back then that was a mm-hmm. female who was lifting and then she was powerlifting. And I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, this can't be right. She can't be benching that much. I remember just being blown away. Um, And that sort of opened the door of like, what is this like really heavy training? Because I used to do my degrees in kinesiology. So I took up, uh, you know, strength training in college, but they they teach you the basics, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. I was was never exceptionally good at it or anything amazing. It was just like, oh, that's cool. Um, You know, it wasn't like, it it didn't click for me then, I guess you could say kind of like you and... um, it wasn't until I just started going for it. I was like, let me just try this out. And I, I liked the feeling of it. And it was like, I like being able to lift weights. I like how these girls look muscular. I like um, I like a muscular look. And at the time, maybe mentally, I was trying to like rebel a tiny bit too. Like I was like, I'm not going to, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to shrink down. You know, I'm not going to thin my thighs out because you want me to, you know, in, the, in that mind, I was going through a bad divorce and all that too. So I think that was my way of kind of being like, this is awesome. Like this is for me. And, yes. and, and I started going that route. Um, and then when my husband started getting, that was, that was, I think the first introduction was my husband started um, powerlifting when he was in Af- Afghan- Afghanistan. Um, no, in Iraq. And um, our buddy was into powerlifting. And so he was like, all right, you know, they got nothing to do out there. Like, yeah, they're fighting wars, but they're not really fighting wars all the time. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of downtime. So he started training, um, and we have evidence of really bad squatting. Um, but that was <laughs> that. That was the he had like ace bandages. It looked like around his knees. It was really funny. Um, but that was his first introduction to powerlifting, and and he started doing it. And so then I started doing it. And then 
after that, I was like, this is awesome. I'm actually kind of good at this. And it wasn't amazing. I mean, I definitely deadlifted a lot more than most people. Um, my height and age, I guess you could say. And then from there, I, I think it's like once you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of you're kind of good at this. You can be a little good at it. And then I just I fell in love with it. I definitely did. I love that feeling. I've I was always already tiny. You know, like right. I, not even just from gymnastics, like just genetically, like my mom's very tall and thin and I am shorter than she is, but still just kind of got that like rail thin look. And yeah. I hated people being like, you should eat a hamburger. Oh my so gosh. when I finally found something and like powerlifting was kind of that first thing that like, I really felt like I was growing some muscle and I felt stronger, but I started looking stronger. That was like huge. That right. boosted my confidence so much to like finally have people look at me and go like, Hey, you kind of look like an athlete. I was like, yeah, I've been one my entire life, but yeah. finally I look like one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I always think that's so insulting when people say stuff like that, you know, and, and it's the, the whole skinny shaming thing that we have going on sometimes. And I understand that yes. skinny people maybe are not uh, made fun of as much as, you know, bigger people or, you know, that, that whole I hear a lot of people trying to say, like, well, it's not like people are always, like, dissing skinny people. I'm like, yeah, but why do you got to even say that? You know, why does it even have to be said? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of women that that I think every woman struggles with their appearance somehow. And so it's like, you know, you have straight hair. You want curly hair. If you have curly hair, you want straight hair. So I could see how a lot of women who are, are leaner would want to have more curves, you know, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. When I was absolutely when I was skinny, when I got really lean. I was skinny and I didn't like it. I was like, oh, I don't like being like, like this skinny. Like this is like, I, I feel, I don't feel like, like I want more curves to my body. And then I was like, this is going to be hard. <laughs> like I'm going to have to actually work for it. I, you know, I always thought like I had more muscle, but I really didn't. So I had to, had to work towards that. But yeah, that, I, that's interesting. So yeah, cause you have a great physique. Love your body. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, it looks good on that, um, that cover of that magazine, totally off topic. How did that happen? <laughs> Like you look fabulous. She was on so, the cover of uh, what magazine was it? It's Birmingham Metro magazine. Yes. How did that come that, about? I still don't even know. Like that was such a surprise to me. Um, I got an email from the person that wrote the story and he said, you know, we're interviewing female bodybuilders in the, the area. Um, we want to do this new piece on how being strong and looking strong is like starting to become more popular. Mm. Um, because it's so against the grain from what used to be peak dumbbells and, you know, yep. lose weight yep. and toning and all that. And so we basically, he contacted several other girls who were competing in that same kind of season. And that happened to be the year that I won my figure pro card, um, with the NGA. So I guess that's how they got my name. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so we, I met him at a Starbucks and did this interview. Um, we sat and talked for a while. He took notes on what I was telling him. And I think he sent me an email later with some follow-up questions. And I thought that was it. Like I thought it was just this like written thing in the magazine. Um, and then I got an email and they were like, Hey, we want to do some photos for the magazine. And I was like, all right, free pictures. Like I'll do it. Um, and they said, we want you to wear a formal dress bring some kind of workout clothes. You could bring your like competition suit if you want. Um, but it was not, they didn't make it out to be a big deal. It was like, do your own hair and makeup show up at this time. There was no like glamorous hair and makeup people or anything like that for us. Right, right. Um, you know, I showed up, I took my pictures 
that was it. I had no idea that I was on the cover. No way. Until, that is so cool. Until the magazine came out. They did not tell me that. So, I mean, it was a good surprise for right. sure, but they were like, surprise, you're on the cover. Oh, and you're on this billboard downtown. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you serious? That is fantastic. Yeah. So people were like driving by and sending me pictures and I was just like, uh, <laughs> that's cool, I guess. Wow. That is so cool. Well, I mean, it's a great, it's a great photo. So I could see why they would want it, you know, like on a billboard. I mean, it was, you know, you look very Thanks. fit, you look good. And, you know, I, I thought that was, it. that was awesome that I feel like that we're at that space, you know, where like you're like they're doing there that now we're going into this era where strong is the new skinny you know i hate to say it over and over but yes. it's definitely that is the that is the thought process nowadays and i i like that i like that that it that it's a general thing now all right so let's move on to our second question and i thought this was good because we were talking okay. about this um in our own dms um and it kind of like falls in line but um this is from murray underscore 13 recently psyched myself out and failed on a heavy lift how do you develop the mental toughness to not let the weight on the bar scare you? Any tips you use? So why don't you why don't you start off with that one? Okay, so I recently wrote a blog post on something really similar to this, oh, nice. actually. Um, but one of the biggest things, and you know Nicole, so you know I've done a lot of this with her, is I just want my lifters to be confident under the bar, no matter what weight I put on there for them. Yeah. So part of that, I think, is you know, building trust between me and the lifter mm -hmm. that they trust me not to like give them something they couldn't do. Right. But having the lifter build their own confidence up by repeatedly doing something, whether it's a squat, a bench, a deadlift, something totally different, like Nicole learning front squats recently Yeah. and giving them a manageable load. So maybe it's 90%, maybe it's 60, but it's something that they feel confident moving and then having them do it over and over and over, um, continuing to improve, trying to make each rep the same as much as they can and set up, um, an execution until they get really confident moving that weight mm -hmm. the same way. And you know, when you can do it and it's like heavy enough that it's challenging, but it's not killing you every time, yeah. then you're a little more confident and you're like, okay, I could do some more. Yeah. And then you're like, I could do some more. Yep. And then when the time comes to do something heavy, you're like, wait, I just did that. Yep. So building confidence ahead of time, I think is huge. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a great technique. Yeah. So I, that's something I use with pretty much all of my lifters in some form or fashion. There's different ways to do it, but I really like to do that with my clients. And then for me personally, I am a very anxious person. Like I've struggled with anxiety a lot just outside of lifting, but sometimes it creeps into lifting and so I, I got into using the Headspace app. There's a competition series on there that is fantastic for oh teaching gosh, you to totally just. Oh my gosh, I've totally done that one. That is yes. so awesome. Yes. So for grounding. Like that is my favorite technique where you just kind yep. of like pick something. Mm -hmm. I, I like to do my feet. Like I like to do my feet on the ground because in all three lifts, you know, your feet are on the ground. So it's a good thing that you can kind of apply to any, right. any of the lifts. You're right. Um, and your feet literally ground you in all three lifts. So it was just, to me, it was just like the perfect little metaphor. Um, and that's my thing. Like if I start getting nervous, I go back to my feet. So I didn't even think about grounding the feet. Like I listened and I did that. I, I actually stuck to the traditional side of headspace. I did the competition side because I was like interested in it. I was like, oh, cool. But I didn't actually go the whole route. 
um, and and listened and, and applied it in a competition setting. I, I almost didn't even like, oh, okay, my priority at the time was more so mindfulness in in everyday life. So I was trying to kind of go the other route. So you really use that for yourself in competition, which I think is awesome. So you're you're grounding your feet, you said. Yes. Um, that's kind of my thing that I come back to that I realize like it's just a lift, you know, it's yeah. not life or death. Um, and usually what causes anxiety in, you know, in competition or in training, if it's just a heavy weight is the fear of missing. Yeah. So a lot of positive self-talk and I learned, um, from a, it's called, you know, sports psychology for dummies. Like I got that book when I was really struggling Nice. and started reading it. I was like, what can I do? Cause I know it's mental, but like, how do I fix it? Um, and one of the things in there is it tells you to one, speak in present tense. Like, don't say don't miss, or, you know, like things that are like happening in the future, but to like speak to yourself in present tense and always make sure that it's positive. So instead of telling yourself not to miss, you say something like, let's get this, you know, like you try yeah. and keep it positive and, and, and then again, so you're kind of practicing mindfulness again, because you're staying in the moment right. and not getting caught up in the things that might happen. Right. Um, so that's definitely important. I think that really helps me a whole lot. And yeah. I use it in training too, especially in meat prep, when you get into some of the heavier stuff that maybe you haven't done before or haven't done in a long time. Yeah. It's super helpful. Yeah, I, 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 I have learned to change my self-talk like that. Um, just like you said, like instead of saying don't be a little bitch, <laughs> you know, and yes. um, uh, things like that, um, I've learned to change it to be more positive um, and I guess more direct. I guess I would be in the moment or in the present. I mean, mm -hmm. I do say like, you know, we're, like right now, let's do this, da-da-da, you know. Yes. Um, it versus the other way. So it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. Well, I, I've actually failed a lift. Um, and it actually haunted me for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I, um, yes. I was actually just warming up and I had, I was at 135 and I don't know what happened. And I just buckled and nobody was around. I was warming up. My husband was like on, at the other side of the gym and I was, almost like weirdly squashed. Like I almost, I couldn't dump the weight. It was like a shock. So it was like the first time I had right. ever done that. And um, my friends rushed over and, and helped me and my husband. And um, I remember just being puzzled, um, scared, and always thinking about it from that point on. So every time I got a heavy you know, weight on my back, it was going through my mind. Um, and I think that your technique is, is, Something I did, but not so calculated. Like I wish I had done that more of that sense. Like, all right, slowly build it up, slowly build it up. Mentally, mm -hmm. I was I was thinking that, you know, and and knowing that everybody goes through some sort of, you know, fall or not necessarily a fail, but they have something that, you know, it doesn't go their way on the lift. Um, that helped me realize, all right, this I can get back from it. You know, you just it's your mind that's holding you back, you know, and and so you need to feel stronger under the bar. Um, make sure you have a better setup or if you know why you failed that, you know, like in my case, I know I failed because I was kind of rushing through things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I probably could have had a way better walkout, way better positioning before I actually took the rep, took it serious instead of just being like, ah, and, you know, just getting under the bar and just kind of lax lackadaisically, you know, squatting it. I, I know that's part of the reason, um, and, and one thing that did help me down the line uh, a few la years later was when I started doing conjugate, 
um, when I uh, started using reverse bands, um, that actually helped me. And um, because when I would get to those, you know, maximal loads, I would be a little, you know, um, shy in the hole. Um, and when I had the reverse band, so the bands are on the, on the top of the bar and they're going to pull the weight up. So they're going to lessen the amount of weight you have as you squat down. So it feels lighter when you're in the hole. And then as you come up, it will gradually, um, give you more weight that actually like helped me, you know, and, and if, if, if I didn't have, I, I'd done reverse bands with like really high amount of band, uh, bandage, which to me is not necessarily as helpful I, I when I started right. incorporating much lighter bands where it, maybe it's only pulling off maybe 20 pounds 30 pounds on there I felt that was helpful because at the top um it feels heavy and then in the hole it felt better you know and, and so um that is something that I felt uh, really helped me it, it felt me it, it helped me feel more confident um taking that bar uh for the ride I guess you could say um but I, I think you would need to have that technique you talked about, like building up into yes. into that. Like you need to get that um, that confidence back under the bar for sure. That's something, one, like you said, reverse bands, people do heavy holds. There's a lot of different ways that kind of accomplish that same goal of like you being able to feel or even move a weight that maybe you couldn't do on your own. Right but you kind of know what it feels like. So it's not a surprise. Right. Um, but also if you do fail, cause I mean, we all have bad training days. Sometimes, you know, something happens, you don't sleep well, you, you know, whatever, but sometimes you just have a bad day and there's no really good reason for it. Yeah. So maybe if you can't hit what you were supposed to hit, um, don't just give up right there. Like if you fail your squat, that was supposed to be your top set, instead of just like walking out of the gym, take some weight off the bar and like go down until you find something that you can move at the, you know, the right intensity, whatever you were supposed to hit, whether it's supposed to be really hard or pretty easy and spend some time there, just kind of getting confident with it and reminding yourself that like you can squat. It's yeah. just a bad day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. That was great. Um, we'll wrap it up with this, uh, last answer. And then I want to ask you, uh, your uh, another question, but um, this is from okay. Dead Dell. What's your opinion on people programming for themselves? I don't think there's anything wrong with programming for yourself necessarily. However, I don't think you will make as much progress as you would if you had somebody who could be truly objective for you. Boom. That's exactly so, what I would say. Yes. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yes. I think you'll do better if you have somebody who is not you, who's going to be truly objective. And sometimes that means it can't be your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your, sometimes yep. you've got to get out of your own personal circle too. Totally. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So. Totally. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like I, I, I am, Sometimes um, I like people to take their own journey in their own hands. You know, like, okay, I think it's great that you're going out there and you're looking for information. Um, and I think it's great that you maybe want to program for yourself. Um, but the downside of that is that you more than likely might, because you have no experience in programming, you're going to write an amateur program for yourself. You're, you're probably not going to know which exercises will maximize your weaknesses. You won't be able to see where you're weak, more than likely. Not, not 
as good as somebody else who is experienced in that. Um, so what what's the result of that? You might not progress. You know, like you said, you might not progress at the rate you should um, or progress um, as well as you could with an objective coach, with somebody who's out there. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, especially if your boyfriend's like, yeah, I could totally program for you, but he is not somebody who knows how to coach. Um, I would say that maybe that if that's something you guys want to do, go for it. But that's not the best solution, <laughs> especially um, if you're going to lead into a meet. Um, if he has no experience with that, um, that can be a very difficult thing. Um, you know, people, I think, forget that, you know, there are, are, are ways to peek into a meet. A meet that I mean, you shouldn't just, you know, just train and then and then take and have a meet. I think a lot of people just think, oh, I'll just work, you know, work, work. There is a systematic approach to it. Um, and that's not always known in if you're just writing something for yourself. So I think it's great that you want to try. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I wrote for myself for years. I didn't actually have a coach because I'm cheap like that, but I didn't have a coach or any even for figure. I didn't have a coach for the first four years of doing bodybuilding. And, um, it was so much easier when I had another coach. Now I would say this, that once I started having another coach, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that either. Um, no, I don't, <laughs> don't want to eat that. I'd rather be a little more flexible. I know this has that many calories and no, my macros would line up this, you know, I, I still did it, but I definitely was like, um, because I had more knowledge and I, I felt like I could kind of get away with more things. Um, but, um, I, I agree. I think, I think that, you know, you would do you would do yourself better if you did get a coach and you would learn a lot more, probably faster. That's a big thing. You need to get somebody that is a good fit for you. Yeah. Too. That's important. Like yep. somebody that one, you trust, but two, they need to know what they're doing and your personalities and your their coaching style needs to be a good fit for you because there's some fantastic coaches out there that would be a horrible fit for me. Like I could not go to West side barbell and get yelled at. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That wouldn't work for me. Yep. Totally. <laughs> but that's, you know, like that works for those people. Yep. Perfectly. That yep. was a good fit for them. Totally. And so. I, it, that, I definitely think it's one of those things where you're vetting them a bit. Maybe you're looking at them on Instagram and you're, you know, seeing how they talk and how they speak about their coaching. Those kind of things are important. And then, you know, you can even ask like, you know, how is it you coach? You know, what do you follow a certain program? Um, how many days a week do you normally, you know, like? Um, is it something I can text you at least once a week with questions? Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of questions that I think you can ask in order to feel the value to like, all right, I'm willing to pay this mm -hmm. much money because I know that I can touch base with them at least once a week. Um, or anytime, like my coach, I mean, she's, she's right. my friend, so it's a little different, but I mean, I could, I could text her and within, you know, usually a half hour, I get some sort of answer and she's like, no, that's, that's completely wrong. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so don't do that. You should be doing yeah. this. Um, but they, there's a lot of value in that. I mean, you instantly know I would have changed so many things early on in my career had I had a coach early on, you know, instead of reading, um, um, Lane Norton, yeah, yes. Lane Norton's um, articles from bodybuilding.com and trying to work off of that. So, <laughs> well, that's Lane is like, he's a great coach too, but you know, he's only a good coach for the right person. So y yes. And, and mind you, I was reading his articles. It wasn't even like, yeah, I, he was coaching me or, you know, I, he was, it was when he launched his uh, DUP, you know, his daily undulating uh, periodization. Right. And that yes. was kind of like the new, new. And I was like, Oh, I could totally do this. So I took that program mm -hmm. and I tried to like rewrite it. It was like, 
so much more advanced than I was. And I don't know what I was thinking, thinking I could do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely hard. Um, and I, I messed up a lot and I was injured. I did get injured a lot because it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right road for me. And so trying to do it myself had a lot of, of live and learn kind of thing. But I wanted to ask you because I love asking this question and I ask all of our guests. What the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? So I'm hoping <laughs> you have something fun to tell us that um, maybe something you did in the past in early in your powerlifting career or gymnastic career that, you know, you look back now and you're like, what the hell was I thinking doing that? Probably my biggest one. I was trying to think of this earlier and I don't have anything huge, but I did something kind of like you did. You were talking about following Lane Norton's program. I did one bikini show before I hired my coach and I was like, I know what I'm doing. Like I'm a personal trainer. I know how to <laughs> figure this stuff out. And I picked out this meal plan. Um, I think it was on bodybuilding.com. I think it was like a male bodybuilder, first of all. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what, you know, why I thought that was a good plan. But you could like customize it. You could like put in your body weight and it would change the amounts of food for you. Um, but he was somebody who was super restrictive. And I should have known better because mm. I've, my entire life, I've eaten whatever I wanted. And right. yes, as I got more into fitness, I made sure to focus on the right things. But I never tried to lose weight or anything like that. I've never had any food allergies. So trying this like super restrictive eat fish and broccoli at all times kind of thing for like, I think I did it for four weeks before I was like, forget this. <laughs> four weeks is long <laughs> so, <laughs> for that kind of diet. So did you finish the four weeks or was it, it was a 12 week thing? It was supposed to be the whole prep. Oh, geez. Four weeks. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I had um, done, I'd like dabbled in flexible dieting. I don't know what made me leave it to do this new thing. I felt terrible, was mm. losing zero weight, oh my decided God. I was done, went back to flexible dieting and finished my prep that way. But like that four weeks of my life, I feel like I just forgot how to use my brain. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, I think, you know, like as you start searching out, you're like, oh, they're the expert. Right? right. And you're new to this field, but you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. Let me, I mean, that sounds like it would work. But yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things about um, bodybuilding. You know, it's, it, there is a clear divide. Now there's a lot more flexible dieting, but back then um, mm -hmm. there really, I mean, that was just coming out. Lane was like one of the few people who were like a bit a known person who was flexible dieting and and you know flexible dieting people in shows yes. and um that that was a huge huge thing so that's funny that you're like <laughs> and you weren't losing any weight that's crazy no because I wasn't eating enough like it was just too little food but I have flexible dieted for every other show I've ever done like that that four weeks is the only time that I thought oh I should just be really strict so I don't know well, that's funny. Well, I guess it worked out because you got your pro card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got the leanest I've ever gotten with, you know, eating whatever I wanted within my macros and just kind of like focusing on whole foods. But like I totally ate ice cream if I wanted it. Yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the major things um, when I tell people about flexible dieting is that it doesn't mean eat whatever the fuck you want. I mean, not if you want to do it right. I think right. that we need right. to really focus on food quality 
um, as well as whole foods, you know, not just everything prepackaged. Yeah, you can do that, but that you're defeating the point. The point is to have flexibility in foods that are going to help change your body um, and not, you know, keep it chicken and broccoli all the time and, right. and fish and shit. Fish. Yeah. Yeah. So some, what is a, that's a, that's a good question for you. So like, what do you normally like to eat for like, you know, prepping in your shows? What, what kind of foods are in your rotation? I, if I'm in prep, I try and keep it pretty simple, but I am not somebody who can eat the same thing over and over. So like I have to take the same foods and get creative with them. Like yeah. I'll make a taco bowl nice, and that's, you know, beef and rice and whatever. And then I'll do like plain beef and rice with like some vegetables. And so it's like kind of the same food, but I like made it different. So I didn't get bored. Right. And I love fruit. So fruit's like my treat. Like I'm like, Ooh, I can have a banana today. Cause it's a high carb day. And that's like, I get so excited about stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you. I bought a uh, cocoa um, or chocolate, I guess, rice crackers just cereal. recently. Oh, oh, there you go. Oh, so you were yes, all over that cereal. cereal. Great. <laughs> Hey, I mean, really, it's no fat, you know, it means very, very low fat. Some of those, yes. what is your choice? Mm, I like the ones that are terrible for you. So like, I want Fruit Loops and Tricks yes. and the kids cereals, oh. if I'm going to eat cereal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a while for me, but I was, that was the one thing I, I couldn't put down. Like my first child actually, I ate freaking, and I never eat it now, but Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's was, a good one. <laughs> yeah. It was always, I always ate it. I was like, oh my gosh, I had three bowls today. Like, and. It was so weird. And then after she was born, I didn't want it anymore. Like, I was like, ah, oh, this must be like the pickles, you know? And this is, yeah. my, this is my pickles. <laughs> this has been so awesome and so informative. And I definitely want to have you back on for more Q&A. I think this would be great. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think next time to avoid all that, I'm going to drive over there and we should meet up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get, a, get a nice meeting and that would be much better. But uh, yeah, like you have really great uh, sound quality right now because your boyfriend's got the, the nice podcast hookup. Yes. And so for those of you who don't Maybe don't he'll know. share with us. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, well, it's definitely, you know, my side that needs to tighten up uh, the Wi-Fi access a little better. But um, thank you so much, Christina. And I, I really appreciate you taking this time to um, help our listeners learn a little bit more, learn a little bit more about what you do as well. And I will have all your contact information, anything you have coming up, we will link it in the show notes so they uh, know where to find you. 